Welcome to the podcast of Rainbow Family Christian Center with Pastors Horace and Patricia Drumming. We would like to thank you for joining us today, and we pray that you are impacted, inspired, and encouraged by the Word of God. Let's check out today's message. Would you just look up? The Bible says we should look to the hills from which comes our help, and our help is coming from the Lord. Would you just look up? Father, we want to see your face. We want to experience your grace. We want to see, Father, your kingdom come. And just your will being done here on the earth, just like it is in heaven. Now, Father, as an under-shepherd, I thank you for filling my mouth and my mind with the things that are on the mind of God. Father, may we know your heart, and we say to you this morning, we have an ear to hear what your spirit wants to speak to our hearts this morning. Father, we are not here just to be hearers only, though. We want to know and get our marching orders on what we should do. And Father, thank you for every person here and every person online just being doers of your word, going to the highways, into the byways, and literally compelling people to come in because the time is drawing nigh for the coming of the Lord. My responsibility, I know clear, God, that your word is saying, get my people ready for the imminent return of Jesus Christ. And so, Father, thank you for this day getting people ready for what you already have ready for them. May your kingdom come and only your will be done today. In Jesus' name, amen? Amen. Amen. Please go ahead and be seated. Greet your neighbor on the way down if you haven't already today. Amen. We thank God for you. You know, the Bible I was reading, uh, I don't know about you, but... um, We don't put this or print this just for the sake of having the fall colors on it. It's called a word for you today. And today's message is everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And in the context of today's word for today, one of the things that it is, is referencing a poster of three individuals and will the real Jesus stand up? And I believe that this is a day where God is trying to say, will the real Christians truly stand up? Amen. See, you know, you can mix in and look like and, 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 and dress up like. The Bible says even the devil can dress up like a, 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 a sheep. But he says he's nothing but what? A wolf that's in sheep clothing. Amen. God is say, say the real thing. thing. Say it again, the real thing. The real thing. God is looking for us to be real, to be genuine, to be authentic. How many of you love the Lord this morning? You, I mean, you really love the Lord. Because once you love the Lord, there is a call on our lives to go feed the sheep. To go feed the sheep. To go gather in the harvest. The Bible says the harvest is plentiful. But the problem is that we don't find laborers when it's time to do the harvest. This is why when we're talking about today, yes, we, uh, it is not something that I like to do on every Sunday, but I'll need to go preach a funeral today. And then I want to bring people back here because I want to just love on them. This is what we're looking for from the body of Christ. Well, I don't know them. Do you have to know everybody in order to serve them? 
He's just, God is just looking for people with a servant heart, with a loving heart. And God wants to do something new in all of us. I think something just dynamic that, uh, you know, the Bible says eyes haven't seen, the ears haven't heard, the heart has not even conceived, or our minds being able to receive all that God has in store for us. Are you open for God to do something new in you this morning? Amen. Let me see your hands. Are you open for God? If you are, just lift your hand. Just, I mean, lift both hands. Just lift both hands. If you're open for God, because I believe this morning, this message is, is speaking to our hearts about being open to what God wants to do in us. And I believe that God wants to do something new in you. Say, God is not done with me yet. Shout it out so the devil knows it. God is not done with me yet. God wants to use you. God will use you. You are not disqualified. I know that the devil tries to tell people, you've been through this. You've done this. You've acted like this. You didn't do this or didn't do that. But God is not through with you yet. There's something that he wants to do in you, something that he wants to do with you. Turn in your Bibles to Isaiah 43, and I'm going to ask him to put that translation, the Message Bible, Isaiah 43. We're going to look at verses 18 through 21, but I'd like it to be in the Message Bible on the screen. Maybe you have a different translation that you're going to be turning to, but I need everyone, if you can find the book of Isaiah in your Bible, find it. Because there's something in Isaiah, and we're going to do three scriptures. One from Isaiah, I want you to see something from Jeremiah, and then finally from the book of Philippians. But they're all around the same thing, that God wants you to do something in you. And I, I, I believe that the Lord put this in my heart, because every now and then you have setbacks. And I believe that a setback is just a setup for a comeback. And I believe that the devil wants you to think that every time that you have a setback, you can't come back. But that's a lie. The Bible says a good man will fall down seven times, but he does what? He gets back up. He comes back. Yeah. It's like that little, that little illustration I like to give you about that little rubber ball. How many of you know the harder you throw down that little rubber ball, what's going to happen? The highest is going to bounce. And God is saying, no matter how hard the devil has tried to beat you down, you are going to come back greater than before. Look, Yinka was just sharing that. I had no idea that he would be sharing that. But that's what this man was praying. My daughter is going to what? Bounce back better than before. Amen. And that's the message that God has for you this morning. You're going to bounce back better than before, greater than before. Anybody ever had a failure in your life? Yeah. Then, then you're the right group then. I, I didn't think I had to go down to the other church to preach this message. You are the right group to preach this message too. So if you find Isaiah now, we're going to start in the 43rd uh, chapter and at the 16th verse from the Message Bible. Would you read that out loud? I'd like for you to read it. I don't want to read it this morning. You read it. Go ahead. This is what God says. The God who builds a road The God who summons horses and chariots and armies, they lie down and they 
right there. Hold that with you, Alfred. <coughs> Do you understand that? It just said, you are custom made. Yeah. I don't know if you understand the difference. Maybe I can use it in a clothing illustration. Do you understand the difference from getting something off the rack and something getting custom made? Custom made. See, you have been designed. You are wondrously made in God's likeness and, and image. You are custom made. Say, I am custom made. That means you're special. That means that God took specific time and energy and, and, and to make you, to mold you in his life. You can do what nobody else can do. Right. Amen. Amen. You are designed by, for God for uniqueness. Amen. There are things that I can do. There are things that you won't be able to do that I do, but there are things that you can do that I can't do. Amen. Why? Because you're custom made. And all of us then are custom made to do what? Praise God. But you got to let God do something new in you. If you could take that back up to the top for me, Alfred. Now I'm going to read through and just emphasize a couple of things in here. This is what God says, says God says it. God. See, folks, there's some things that, yes, people say. There are things that others say, they say. But you might want to keep focus on what God says. Amen. And God says, the God who builds a road right through the ocean. Come on, you know what he's talking about. Remember the children of Israel, don't you? Yes. Remember they're standing at the Red Sea. Yes. You remember they're looking at Moses and saying, why you brought us out here? They, they see the dust of the enemy approaching because Pharaoh has decided I am going to go and I'm going to kill them all. I'm going to destroy every one of them. But do you know God doesn't bring you out to let you fall? Amen. God doesn't bring you out so that the enemy can have a wide open shot at you to destroy you. God brings you out because he's blessing you. God is bringing you out because he's taking you in to a better place. Say a brand new thing. Brand new thing. God's taking them to a better place. And he said, but you have to remember, this is God. He can build a road right through the ocean. No man can do this. He's the one who carves a path through pounding waves. The God who summons horses and chariots and armies, and they lie down and can't get up. You understood, don't you? Do you remember when they chased them? into that area that God had carved out? What did God say? Okay, I need to see to go back. And this is why every now and then I share the story of a man who's scientifically smart. I mean, just super smart. And he said, well, I don't believe that the Red Sea opened up like that. Matter of fact, I believe we can explain it with science. I mean, you know, science is good, but science can't explain everything. He said, I believe that it was a point in time where there was the, uh, 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 the tide was moving in such a way that the water was pushed back and, and the people could go and it was only ankle deep that the children of Israel came out of Egypt. And he's telling this to a minister who has been teaching on this and the minister starts to shout. He starts to praise God. He starts to glorify God. And he said, well, why are you glorifying? Why are you shouting? Why are you praising? 
Say it again with me. Say, I'm custom made for praise. So here's what the preacher tells the scientist. He says, I still can glorify God. Because if you are trying to say to me that, that the Red Sea didn't open up, he says, I'm glorifying God because how my God drowned an army in ankle-deep water. Drown all the horses, drown the army in ankle deep water. Because that's what he's saying. The scientists say it was just ankle deep. But do you know the scriptures going back and telling us no? God carved a road right through the ocean and let his people walk on dry land. I don't know about you, it just rained slightly this morning. Did you have any rain in your area this morning? I guarantee if you go walk on the ground or walk on the grass, you'll get a little bit of uh, debris on you. We're talking about an entire ocean opened up and the people walked on dry land. That's the kind of God that we serve. Let's, let's move on, Alfred, just a little bit further. They snuffed, they, they're, they're snuffed out like so many candles. Forget about what happened. And, and that's what God wants you and I to do. When he's doing a new thing in our lives, he wants you to stop dwelling in the past. Amen. Too many of us live in our past. I would have. I should have. You can't live in your past. Take a note from the Bible that says, there is not one iota that you can change concerning your past. You've got to focus on where you are right now. And right now, God wants to do something brand new in you. Absolutely. Don't keep going over old history. Amen. Don't keep going over old history. Amen. Say, I have history, I have history. But, it's past. but it's past. I am, I am a new creature. Old things have passed away. And behold, all things have become brand new. And the new thing that God wants to do in you is for you to get up and keep pressing toward the mark of the high calling that is in Christ Jesus. Here's how he says, he said, now be alert. Be present. I'm about to do something brand new. It's bursting out. Don't you see it? See, God wants you to start looking in the dimension of faith, in the dimension of the Word. How many of you know the Bible tells us, walk by what? No, by what I see, by what I feel, by what I think, by what He said, about what they said. You know, CNN said, CBS said, ABC EFG, and however many alphabets are out there, we are not walking about what, by what they say. You are walking by what? Faith. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing what? The Word of God. So you are basing your decision, your steps are being ordered by the Lord because you are focused on what the Word says about the matter. Amen. 
Say, I have inside information. Say it again. I have inside information. Why do I say that? Because the Bible says, greater is he that is where? In you than he that is in this world. The world's got an opinion. The world's got something to say. But you might want to focus on what the word says rather than what the world says. Because God wants to do something new in you. How many of you have some critics in your life? Join the, uh, join the party. I've got my share of critics. You probably have your share of critics. But I've got a God who tells me. I have a God who loves me. I have a God who reminds me. You're mine. You're the sheep of my pasture. You're the sheep of my hand. You're blessed when you come in. You're blessed when you go out. You're blessed in the city. You're blessed in the field. Whatever you put your hand to, going to be blessed. God got a God that blesses you like that. You might want to hear what God has to say about you. So many people get stuck because you're still listening to what he says and she says and they say. You're still stuck in history and God's saying, I'm trying to do a new thing with you. I'm trying, I, I'm trying to do exceeding abundantly above all you can ask or think. Flow with me. See, folks, you've got to flow with God. You've got to just get into that path that God has for you and just go with God and let him do a new thing in you. Take it a little bit further, Alfred. There it is. I'm making a road through the desert. Yeah. Rivers in the badlands. Wild animals will say thank you. Look, do you know, the Bible says, even if you won't praise God, yes, the trees of the fields will begin to start clapping their hands. The rocks will begin to cry out and start, look, look, look at your seat. Say, ain't no rock going to cry out in my place. Why? Because you're choosing to go and flow with God. You're choosing to open up your mouth and to praise God. Because the Bible says, if you won't, there's no problem with God. The wild animals will, will start crying out. The trees of the field will begin to clap their hand. Rocks will begin to cry out. And so you, you shouldn't give the tree the privilege that God has given you. You shouldn't give the rock the privilege that God has given you. And as the word would say, you should give no place to the devil. The devil never wants you to praise God. The devil wants you to, even when you come to church, sit up like a knot on a log. Not say a thing. Somebody shout unto God. Somebody, if you know God, you love God, shout unto God. Don't ever let the devil tell you you're too timid, you're too shy, you can't say nothing. You got something to say. How many of you know what the scripture said? He said, let the redeemed of the Lord keep quiet. Wait a minute. Mr. Art, they've been reading the wrong Bible? Let the redeemed of the Lord shut up. You've been reading the right Bible. The redeemed of the Lord say so. They're not silent. And this is what the Bible says. See, sometimes when you're being silent, you're, you're actually expressing you're ashamed of God. 
And the Bible says, if you are ashamed of God, God will be ashamed of you. God will be ashamed of you. Don't let it be said that God had to be ashamed of you because you wouldn't open your mouth. Let everything that has what? Yes. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Don't you have breath? Yes. Come on, check your neighbor, see if they're still breathing beside you. Because he said, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Because if they're not breathing, I need to preach another funeral today. But if they're breathing, then we are what? Doing, we're, we're doing what? We're praising God today. Because God is about to do something brand new in each one of us. God is wanting to do something great with all of us. Why? So that his name is lifted. His name. We are, the Bible says, you and I, as we lift up God, we are decreasing. Yes. I, I look at my yearbook. I, 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 I choose to look at my yearbook, high school and college, because I had a pattern going. How, how many of you know when, when we talk about high school yearbooks, you wanted everybody to sign it? Even people that you know you didn't even talk to, like, oh, you want to sign my book? You want to sign my book? And there are people who walk up, you want me to sign your book? Yeah, sign my book. But there was just something that was just like a continuum in my yearbook. And people would write, shyest person in the class. Y'all can't tell it now, can you? <laughs> shyest person in the class. I had to break that. just won't offend Miss Pat. But the girls in the school, in high school, says, you want to see him sweat? Just go stand beside him. It was like I'd had no words. I would get nervous. But God has something new that he wants. See, sometimes there are people that are just spitting out words, but they ain't saying nothing. Y'all know Jane Bryan says, talking loud, saying nothing. And there are a lot of people that talk loud, but they say nothing. And this is why I believe I can understand fully why the Bible says, then be slow to speak. And then what? Quick to hear. But when you do speak, you got something to say. How many of you would rather have something to say than just to be saying something? Have something to say, because when you have something to say, it changes your life, and it can change the life of other people around you. God wanted to do a new thing in my life, and I believe he wants to do a new thing in your life. Amen? Amen. God wants to spring up de uh, 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 wells in the middle of deserts for us. Some of you have been into some dry places, and, and God is saying, I, I'm trying to take you out of that dry place, and I'm trying to bring you where you're, you're just flowing with rivers of living water. Let's go to Jeremiah. In the same theme about God doing something new for us, God wanting to do a new thing in your life, understanding that God is not done with you yet. Amen? So Jeremiah chapter 29, we're going to look at verses 10, 11, 12, 13, and 14. 
Jeremiah 29. We're going to start at the 10th verse. And look at what this says. And this is what the Lord says when 70 years are completed. For Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. Move forward. For I know, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I have banished you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into. God wants to do a new thing. A lot of people have been in exile. I go back to COVID again because COVID put a lot of Christians in exile. Some are still in exile. COVID put a lot of people in a stuck mode and thinking I can't ever get back up again. Some of us, it wasn't COVID, it's just some of you went through some stuff. Jobs that you thought you would get, but it wasn't there. Relationships, you thought that they would be there, but they weren't there. Activities that you felt like you could have or should have been included, but you just weren't. Yes. And the devil said, quit. Some of you, it was your health. And the devil says, you're not going to be able to bounce back from this one. Say, the devil is a liar. Some of you may have lost your job, been fired from your job. And the devil said, that's the end of your career. But that's a lie. That's a lie. The devil is a liar. God is warning you to know when he who has begun a good work in you, he is going to be faithful and just to complete that work in you. All of hell can't stop it. No weapon formed against you is going to be able to prosper. No matter who stopped along the way, it won't stop you. No matter how many distractions and how many detours you've had to possibly take, God is still going to get you to the destination that he wants to put you in. Amen? Amen. Going back, as you remember, this journey from Egypt to the promised land was not supposed to take 40 days. Or 40 years, rather. It was supposed to be a short journey. Just cross over. Just cross over. This is why I believe that Jesus gave us something very graphic in the way of a cross. 
to help you and I to realize we can cross over too. The devil says you're stuck. The devil says you're bound. The devil says you can't make it. But that's a lie. Let me read you something from an article. This is an individual who, in 1832, lost their job, was defeated for the position of state legislator. The next year, 1833, started a business and failed. In 1835, the person that he was engaged to, his sweetheart, died. In 1836, this person had a nervous breakdown. In 1838, again, attempted a political career and was defeated. In 1839, again, defeated. In 1843, defeated for a position in Congress. In 1848, again defeated. In 1849, rejected for a position that he applied for. In 1854, ran for the S Senate, defeated. In 1856, put his name in for nomination for vice president, defeated. In 1858, again, defeated as he ran for U.S. Senate. But in 1860, elected as president of the United States of America. Yeah. This is Abraham Lincoln. Amen. I just read the history of Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. For you young people, When I was a f freshman in high school, cut by the coach saying, you don't have what it takes. This is a person who would himself say, I shot over 9,000 baskets that I missed. Over 300 times, they put the ball in my hand for me to take the last shot, and I missed. One failure after another failure. But this person is iconic. You all love to buy his shoes. They're called Jordans. Can you imagine a coach telling you, you can't make it? You don't play well enough. You don't make He got cut. I remember what he said when he went to the University of North Carolina because he didn't quit. Uh, uh, do me a favor. Open your Bibles. 2 Kings, Old Testament. 2 Kings. Alfred, I don't even think you have this scripture. 2 Kings, I want you to go through the 13th chapter. 2 Kings, the 13th chapter. Because here's a problem. Failure or defeat is temporary. It only becomes permanent when you quit. I don't know if you heard me. Failure or defeat 
is temporary. It only becomes permanent when you quit. Look at your neighbor and say, don't quit. Don't quit. You read, you heard me read concerning Abraham Lincoln. What happened? He didn't quit. He is one of the most iconic presidents that we have in our history. Most people, most presidents want to do their speech in front of the Lincoln Memorial. Most of uh, what we call some of the most dynamic uh, stance that people have taken have been in front of the Lincoln Memorial. But if we just look at his history, and that's the one thing I like about Abraham Lincoln, he didn't just stop with his history. Did you know the scripture just told you, stop looking back at your history? Stop looking back at your history and start looking at your future. Amen. Start looking right now what God wants to do in your life. Yes. You found 2 Kings? Which chapter did you go to? 13. Oh, you did well. Alfred says he's got it too. All right, put it up on the screen. I'm going to go down quickly. In verse 1 it says, in, in the 23rd year of Joash, the son of Ahazi, king of Judah, Jehoahaz, son of Jehu, became king of Israel. They liked a lot of J's, didn't they? Uh, in, <laughs> and he reigned 17 years. Verse 2, go on. He did evil. He did evil in the eyes of the Lord by following the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat which he had caused Israel to commit, and he did not turn away from them. Folks, there are things that you and I know are evil in the sight of God. You just have to turn away from what is evil and do what's good. Turn away from what you know is evil. I don't have to go through a whole litany or a service or a sermon on what is evil. I, I believe that we, 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 we've been in the Word and around the Word long enough to know what's evil. But you just have to choose God every day. You can't have a person in your life asking you to choose them over God. Amen. Young ladies, there, there are going to be young men that's going to tell you that they love you, but they don't love you. They just want sex. And they're going to ask you to choose them over God. Are you listening to me? Look, I, I laughed. We, we, one time we were meeting with, when they opened, first opened the Fridays across the street there, um, the owner of that Fridays is a, a, a young lady who is the daughter of uh, the first mayor of Atlanta, Georgia. His name was Maynard Jackson. And, and she owns that particular uh, Friday's uh, chain. She bought it from Friday's. Friday's opens them, but then they sell them. And, and she has an um, uh, uh, organization, Jackmont Hospitality. And so, needless to say, we, when we were having our conversation with her, she started to tell us about other uh, Friday's uh, establishments that she owns. And one happened to be in an area called Greenbelt, Maryland. I said, oh, I know where that is. It's close to where I live. And, and she talked about having to have, you know, she says she was so proud of this one because it was doing so well. And she says, but some others I have to um, spend money for security and police forces to be there. And, and, and she says, my Greenbelt location is one of those where I have to spend quite a bit to have the local police to be there at the restaurant. So I said, in my genius mind, I said, oh, what's happening? Young people are causing disturbances? 
She said, no, it's just a bunch of old ladies fighting over men. She had to have a police force over there. So the reason I say that, you all heard me talk about young people not getting caught up in sexual immorality, but some of y'all old people, y'all like that too. I'll sit down, I'm finished now. They looking at me like, I don't love you now, Pastor. Y'all up in my business. Look, the word will get all up in your business. Because everything that concerns you concerns God. And God is wanting to do a new thing in your life. But you can't be still hooked to your old history. God wants you to be rooted and grounded in him. He said, this young man, I want to go a little bit further, Alfred, in it. So the Lord's anger burned against Israel, and for a long time he kept their num they kept them under the pile of Haziel, king of Aram, and Ben-Hadad, his son. In other words, sometimes the captivity that you're in, sometimes the struggle that you're going through, you put yourself there by choosing evil over good by choosing the ways of the enemy rather than the ways of God. Say this with me, I will, I will follow, follow hard, hard after, God. after God. Follow hard after God, church. Those of you who are viewing online, follow hard after God. Don't let the devil deceive you. Don't let the devil blind your mind. Don't let some smooth-talking you know, who, who wrote a song? He said, smooth operator. Don't let a smooth operator get you out of the hand of God. Just telling you and wooing you with sweet words, but never really. Folks, you follow people as they follow God. This is what the Bible means. He said, be equally yoked. Be equally yoked. And, and I... Stop every time I use that scripture because for a long time when you would say the word yoke, all I could imagine was an egg. But he's not talking about an egg here. A yoke is an apparatus made like a horseshoe that goes around two animals' neck. And it's designed in such a way that when you're equally yoked, not one is pulling more weight than the other. It, the weight is now what? Equally distributed. How many times have I had to counsel a person and they say, well, my husband don't do this, or my wife is not doing this. And you know why? Because you uh, you're not uh, equally yoked. What does it really mean to be equally yoked? Folks, you're never, you're always going to find yourself struggling if you find a person in your life that says, you know, I don't really believe in Jesus. Matter of fact, I believe in many other gods. But I love him, Pastor. I always think about my cousin who was killed by the person she loved. She loved him to, to death because he killed her. She always would say, he's going to do better. But even before they ever got married, he was already beating her. 
privately and publicly. How do I know that? Because I tried to intervene. My brother and I tried to intervene with our cousin who was being beaten publicly in the street. And she jumped on us. <laughs> My brother and I, because she said, I love him. And then a few months later, we were going to her funeral. Because who she loved. And love her. Are you listening to me this morning? Yes, sir. We're talking about a God who loves you. We're talking about a God who will put himself in your place. How many of you know the wages of your sin required what? Death. But who's, who, who died? Jesus. What did he give you? Life. Abundant life. He says, all I want you to do is to choose me. Choose Jesus. Every day of your life, choose Jesus. Don't let somebody tell you, I love you, baby, 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 baby. I love you, baby, 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 baby. I love you. And then all of a sudden, we're weak in the knees now. We just come and, and come on. Say greater. 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 Is he. Is he. That's in me. That's the greater one. That's the greater one. Trust the greater one to bring the one in your life. I'm going to re remind you of this scripture. He who findeth a wife findeth a what? Now, here was my struggle with that scripture. My English te teacher had taught me a person is not a thing. So I struggled with that scripture. And the Lord had to help me to see, no, it's the marriage. He who finds, a, 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 and folks, this is not where you put on your, 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 your night vision glasses. I'm trying to find one. I'm trying to find one. Oh, is that the one? Is that the one? Oh, I think that's the one. Oh. Anybody ever find money? Yes. I found some yesterday. I did. I found money yesterday. Whole $5. <laughs> Look, I told you over the summer, I was walking through a garage, found a $100 bill. My wife says she don't, take, she don't count anything that she finds as small, whether it's a penny. I used to walk past pennies like, oh, no. But now she didn't got on me so much. If it's a penny, I pick it up because she said that can help in the building of the kingdom of God. But I don't go out. With a geyser counter or something saying, I'm, I'm looking for money. Lift your feet up for a little bit. Uh, no money under there. We don't do that. And that's what God is saying concerning finding a wife. Folks, say along the way. Along the way. Say it again, along the way. Along the way. See, when it comes to a husband or wife, it's along the way. See, along the way, I found that money yesterday. Along the way, I found that $100 bill in July. Along the way, I wasn't looking for it. 
See, what you need to keep looking for, what is the Bible tells you to look for? Seek, Matthew 6.33, seek ye what? First, what? The kingdom of God. What are you looking for? You're looking for Jesus every day of your life. And then you know what? Jesus will look at you and say, now look over there. I, I, I'll just tell you the story of my wife. I wasn't looking for her and she wasn't looking for me. We laugh as we try to tell our stories because we did have, as we would say, encounters in different states and locations. But it was not until we were searching for the heart of God every Saturday night. I was in a Bible study. That's not what most young people were doing. Every Saturday night, she happened to be in the same Bible study. That was not what most young people, I'm talking we were young people. I know we're old now. Been married 42, almost 43 years. Yes, we have. But we ain't just started seeking God. We were seeking God before we ever knew that God was putting us together. And I remember in that Bible study is when the Lord said to me, that's her. That's the only Bible study I don't remember what they taught, all right? <laughs> <laughs> My eyes are open that I'm about to do in your life. I'm about to do something new in both of your life, and you will need each other. How many of you know that God will give you a helpmate? Amen. Amen. God is not just giving you somebody that just want to have fun and do things immorally. Amen. He's putting somebody in your life that will help you to fulfill the call of God on your life. Amen. Come on, lift your hands toward heaven. I, I, I know I got to bring this to a close, but God wants to do something new in your life. And Father, we are open and we are surrendered for you to do what you want to do in our lives. And if we are, have been, or even tempted to go down a path that's different than the path that you have for us, we stop. We repent. We turn in a different direction now. And that direction is one where you are ordering our step. You are setting our conversation aright. You are guiding our steps and you are ordering the things that we should do. So, Father, may the words of our mouth, the meditation of our hearts now always be acceptable to you. Go back, Alfred. I didn't finish that scripture. I, I got to show you why. Uh, well, you read it. You, you know where you are. You're in 2 Kings chapter 13. But when you get down around the ninth verse, you're going to find that one of the God's prophets, whose name is Elijah, knows that he is about to exit. There's a king who comes to him wanting a blessing from him. And the king and Elijah tells him, he said, get your arrow, get your bow. He tells him on one occasion, he said, open the window, get your bow, open the window, and shoot an arrow. The man, the king, follows him. He follows that direction. And he tells him, you're going to be able now to just really soar over your enemy to defeat him in this area. He then tells him, he secondly tells him, he says, now pick up an arrow. And he picks up the arrow. And he says to him, beat 
the ground with it. And the man takes the arrow, and he goes, one, two, three. And the Bible says, the man of God, Elijah the prophet, was wroth. In other words, he got angry with him. He says, you should have beat the ground five or six times. What did he do? He quit. See, sometimes, folks, God is trying to show us what to do to get the victory, but we quit. He said, you are only going to be able to defeat the enemy now three times, but you would have been able to defeat him every time. How many of you want to defeat the devil every time? Not just some of the time. Not just two or three times. Every time. And what God is saying, people who quit, people who stop, who, who almost get to the finish line, but they stop. And it represents the anger of God. If they had only gone just another extra mile, if they, if they had only just prayed, just like I instructed them, they would have gotten that victory. How I many of you know God wants you to have the victory in 2023? Amen. This was a word that came to me from the Lord at the beginning of this year. In 2023, victory, victory, victory. As quickly as I heard it from the altar, I ran back in our church with Miss Pat. Write that down. Write that down. Go make a sign. Get this published. Get this printed. Get this posted. This was my last. He had the braces still on his arms to support himself to keep from falling. And he would gracefully make his way in front of the, the place where he would find his violin he would always be playing with an orchestra. And there would be a time when he did this, and everybody's just watching him. He gracefully and slowly gets to his seat. He sits down. He picks up his violin. He puts his on his shoulder, lowers his head, picks up the bow, and his, strikes a note. He's in New York a very prestigious orchestra environment and all of a sudden one of the strings breaks on his violin. It's loud. Everyone can hear it. And there is silence for a moment as everyone thinks, oh my, he's going to have to get up. He's going to have to go have his violin restrung. But he doesn't. He gets the violin up. And instrumentalists will say, well, you can't play the violin with a string broken. And that day is one of the most memorable days because he made sounds with that violin that people had never heard before. And you know why he said? He said, I didn't, I, I, I didn't see or I, I, I didn't focus on a string being broken. I only focused on the strings that I had. And I played the strings that I had. Some of us are only focused on what we don't have. And if I had this and if I had that, then I would do this. What about what you already have? 
There's a woman who didn't have much, and a man of God gave her some wisdom. He said, go get all of the pots. Go borrow all of the pots that you can borrow. She said, we don't have much. We don't have but a little oil. Go get some pots. What's that going to do? We don't have but a little oil. How I many of you know God has always taken little and made much out of it? Amen. And if you have summed your life up, well, I'm just, it's just little old me, God. God can take just little old you and do something great. Say, God is not done with me yet. And I'm not done with this message yet either. But I'm done for this week. Come back and pick up part two next week. It's going to help you because you're going to see what happens when you truly put your trust in God. Amen. And every setback is just a setup for the great combat. <coughs> Amen? Amen? Stand to your feet if you would with me, please. For some of you, you're here and you've been coming for a while and perhaps you know it's time to give your life to Christ. This is your day. For some of you, you've been coming, you said, you know what, I, I, I've been attending, but you know what, I, I really actually should become a member. This is your day. Come, 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 come. If, it's you, if you need to give your life to Christ, come. I just want to pray with you. If this is the church that the Lord has been speaking to you about and said, uh, you need to be a member here, you come. You come. Just ask your neighbor, just excuse me, I, I just need to get past you today. What is God trying to do? He's just trying to get us knitted together. <laughs> knitted together in his love. And to be able to do what he wants to do and needs to do in all of our lives. One can put a thousand to flight, but the Bible says two can put ten thousand. There's an exponential power when people get together. When people come together. When people come together and they come to the Lord. So if you're coming today, perhaps it's to receive Christ. You're coming today, perhaps it's to say, look, I know I need to link up with a group of believers. And I believe that this is a place and this is a vision that I'm supposed to be linked up to. Come. I want to make one more request for some you really need to rededicate your life. You are still struggling. You are between two places. And God wants you to get settled. You've had some struggles, and you can sit out here with me all day long and tell me about your struggles. But God doesn't want you to keep revisiting your history. He wants you to start looking at your future. Your future is bright. Your future is bright with the Lord. Who is that person that I'm waiting on? I haven't talked to these yet because I'm waiting on one other person. Because you, it's time for you to come out of the life of struggle and over into a life of victory in Christ Jesus. You need to come today. Sir, ma'am, whoever you are, come now. The Bible says, when you hear God's voice, don't allow it to, your heart to become hardened. Don't allow yourself to say, ah, 
Not yet. The devil is always want the devil is always going to want you to step away, never to step to God. Don't give him a victory in your life today. Step to God, not away from God. I think about Adam when he sinned, when he disobeyed God, when he partook of that fruit. He tried to hide. God said to Adam, where are you? There's never a moment in your life, in your existence, that you've had to hide from me. Let me just say, there's no reason for anybody to try to hide from God today. Come. Come. Join others. Come. I need all of the ministers of the house. I need you to come as quickly as you can. I need you to just ask that person that's standing in front of you, that you will be standing in front of, why did you come today? And then I want you to minister to them. I'm just going to pray an overall prayer. For those of you who've come, I, I'm, I'm going to just ask them to take just a moment with you to be able to just kind of pray with you individually. I'm going to give a benediction and allow other people to, as it were, to, to start to dismiss. We're going to ask what you can ask men. Uh, men don't run out so quick. Help us to rearrange a room that we need to rearrange so that we can have a place of warmth and welcome to people that are going to be coming in a little bit later, coming in with much sorrow. But we want them to go out with much joy, knowing the Lord is, is their strength. So ministers come in now. Father, in the name of Jesus, for whatever the reasons that people stepped out of their pew, and up to the altar, meet them at their place of greatest need. Father, thank you for using these ministers, not to pray long prayers, but just to pray the right prayer that helps that person to move from glory to glory in God's likeness and in God's image and to see God's kingdom come and God's will be done in their life. For those that are coming as new members, thank you. Thank you. There are many wonderful, beautiful, godly churches. And I may be biased. I believe this is one too. And I believe that if you'll just sit up under the word, you'll grow and you'll become strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So Father, bless them. Do exceeding, do abundantly, above all they can ask or think today. In Jesus' name, amen. These ministers of the gospel will come, and they're going to minister to you right now. To all of the others, lift your hands toward heaven, one hand or both hands if you have them free. Unto him that is able to keep us, to present us faultless before the throne of his grace. Father, I thank you. I thank you for those that are watching and saying, I'm not standing at the altar, but pastor, I'm standing in my home. I'm standing in this place, and I too am reaching out. I want to be saved, or I want to be a member. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for helping us to connect with them, and thank you, Lord God. There is no limitation with you. Your kingdom come, your will be done for all of us. We came in blessed this morning. We're going out blessed, and we're going out intentional. And we intend to be a blessing to everyone that we come in contact, not only this day, but as many days as you will bless us with, God. 
And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for joining us today. Here at Rainbow Family, our mission is to love God, love people, and change the world. If you would like to partner with us in any way, we encourage you to visit our website at rainbowfamilychristian.org.